big spoilers ahead for Avatar Way of Water. Just be warned. That's what's happening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Good Bad Better Show. It is a show in which I, Drew Allen, take something that I've recently encountered in pop culture or life and talk about what's good about it, what's bad about it, and what could and should be better about it. And uh, today we're talking about the film from earlier this year, Avatar The Way of Water, a... <laughs> a long overdue sequel um, and it's here and I saw it and I saw it in 3D and I have thoughts about it so let's dive in what was good about Avatar the visuals end of list <laughs> Uh, you know, that's oversimplifying it, but, you know, the in terms of what was the best thing about this movie, that's probably it. The, the visuals. But like, and I don't just mean the CGI and special effects. I mean, the, the actual, like, the, the, the cinematography, the actual shots, the, the shot selection, the everything. I mean, a lot of stuff was visually stunning and captivating okay the last hour of the film there's a lot of battle sequences and they are riveting and they're just visually impactful to such a degree it's so cool so cool okay so um i would maybe say the acting in some ways was good it's kind of hard to talk about the acting because there's so much CG and I know that there's motion capture and stuff like that, but you know, there's a lot lost in the facial expressions. I mean, relatively speaking, there's very little lost compared to just about every other CG character you've ever seen because this is so well done visually, as I stated. However, it's a lot more in the, the vocal performance and, Really, it speaks to the CG and their ability to put these emotions into these characters uh, so well. It's very, very impressive. I don't want to short sell that at all, okay? Because it's going to sound like I'm kind of dissing this movie, this movie, and I, I am to some degree, but I don't want to take away from what's good about it just because there's stuff that's bad about it, okay? Like, uh, let's just sit here and talk about how there were times when you kind of, you kind of literally have to remind yourself that some of these creatures that you're seeing are not real. <laughs> that's the the extent of the graphics on some of these sea creatures especially. It's it's just like they're, they really exist. Um it's fantastic. And the 3D, it's absolutely one of the better 3D experiences that you'll have in any movie because it was filmed for 3D. It was not converted later. And it's 
subtle in all the right ways. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I'm going to make a bad analogy because I love doing that. It's almost like cologne. Like a cologne can be really powerful. It can be very alluring. It can really kind of dial up the attraction or the the enjoyment of being close to someone. I mean, perfume is the same way. But sadly, most, I won't say most, a lot of people who choose to wear colognes and perfumes in our day and age, they've gotten to this point where it's mostly just, you know, the more the better is the vibe. And so they just, they just douse themselves in these scents and it's overwhelming and terrible and almost has the opposite effect of what they're going for. (laughs) And I feel like that's kind of uh, sort of what, uh, what 3d is in many movies, way too many movies. Like if they know it's going to be 3d and you see so many really obvious shots where the person points their gun, (laughs) points their, their weapon directly at the camera and, or thrust a spear like directly into the crowd and it's like made for 3D and just by way of the shot selection intended to make the 3D more shocking and things like that and it's it's just way too much and detracts from the film as opposed to the way this movie is Avatar uh, The Way of Water and really the same could be said about the first Avatar film as well is that 3D was done right. Like, it's subtle all the times it's supposed to be subtle, but then it's really impactful when it's supposed to be, but it never takes center stage. Like, the 3D never is the thing that is the main attraction of a shot. It just simply makes every other shot better. Uh, So, that's another good thing about this film. It did manage to keep my attention, and three hours and 10 minutes is a long movie. And I watched through the whole thing. And I I really, there was maybe a couple of times that I checked my watch, but I was also like tr- cognizant of what my schedule was like after the film. And I had to go do other things. And so I was kind of more aware than I usually would about how long a movie is going or how close am I to the end of it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, man, that thing just held my attention so well. Uh, and it, for a movie that long, that is a strong thing to uh, to be able to say. All right. So let's let's now switch over to what was bad about this movie. Um, <clears throat> and let's uh, I need a little bit of DC before I do that. Oh, Diet Coke. Not a sponsor. Could be. If you're out there. Uh, what was wrong with this movie? Uh, there was a lot. Um, so the biggest thing, it was the plot. And it felt... It felt contrived and repetitive at the same time. You know, the first movie, you've got the Navi people and, or creatures, whatever, and then you have 
humans from Earth are just arriving and trying to destroy everything so they can harvest the land and, you know, take advantage of it and whatever. And in this movie, it's basically like now Jake Sully is still a part of the people. Um, and but then the humans still come and they still do their thing. They still try to attack. They still try to take over and destroy their the Navi's homes and take over with their own stuff so they can harvest what they want from the natural resources of the planet. Uh, they tried to make it a slight twist where it's like, no, we're trying to set up camp here because we want to all live here. You know, and I, if that was supposed to feel different, it really didn't because the functional thing was the same. They're coming in here and destroying the Navi uh, lands. The, the people who live here, their settlements, their, you know, the humans are just here trying to destroy it all. Uh, what else? So basically, though, it was a very regurgitated plot. Um, and I think they were counting on the fact that Jake Sully was already here with the Navi trying to defend them. Um, but honestly, that actually made it less interesting because at least in the first film, if you recall, there was also a dynamic of Jake... Sully being found out for being human and having to like prove his loyalty and that kind of thing. And that at least made it a little bit more interesting, whereas that's already been established in this movie. So we just kind of jump right to, hey, the humans are back and this time they're blowing more crap up and we've got to try to find a way to stop them. And uh, so that was kind of, eh, you know. Um, and uh, so really the thing... The other thing about it that I really, really didn't like is the the way the movie ended. I will admit that there is a certain degree of hypocrisy in, in, within myself and my fandom of these kind of franchises. Uh, so first I'll say Batman has long been one of my favorite uh, superheroes. He, you know, especially looking at the DC universe. And so just keep that in mind. But one of the things that I really dislike in a movie franchise or comic book franchise or anything is I really don't like when a character, when the bad guy doesn't get justice. I do not like it when every single time the bad guy's not dead or punished really in any way except that his plans were foiled. And then it's like, ah, you got me. Well, there's always next time. And it just sort of like adjourns. And it's just like, it feels it feels almost kind of fourth wall break to me. Because it's like everybody, you know, the hero who's been threatened and almost lost his life to the villain throughout the, throughout the movie. And the villain who is sort of basically kind of given up early on his chance to finally get the hero... They, they both just kind of go, ah, well, you'll be back around for another battle soon, I'm sure, but I got you this time. It just feels so dumb. Like when, when life and death are the stakes, and even more so when it's like the rest of your family or lots of innocent lives are at stake, you do not just like 
have a stern talking to to your bad guy and then let him run off and you run back to your stuff and just kind of let that continue. That's not, that's, uh, I can suspend my disbelief in, you know, the planet that's in this film. I can suspend my disbelief in Awa, the spirit of the planet, and that Navi are real, a real creation and race and all this stuff. I can, I can, I'm down for all of that. But after the way that entire plot of the movie un, un, uh, unfolded, and after all of the things that the antagonist did, for it just to kind of end with basically what amounts to a stalemate, felt so, so inauthentic, disingenuous, and beyond that, to zoom out a little bit, and I can't confirm this, but allegedly there's actually been talks from James Cameron or the studio or whatever it is, how they're already planning on a third and a fourth Avatar film. And just thinking through the idea that they're saving the antagonist and keeping him alive so that they can do this again for a third film. That is so... Oh, I hate it so, so much. I hate it so much. Like, even if you were going to say that this is what you... Even if this was your plan. Even if you had to have the same antagonist in the next film. You have got to come up with a really interesting way that the antagonist survives. And in some way is lured away from finishing the battle and defeating the protagonist for good, but in some way he's drawn away at the last second by some other thing, whether it's self-preservation in a different way, or you just really got to work a lot harder if you're going to convince me that this guy is, you know, going to be back for another movie and he's not going to get there's the, there's not going to be the full justice or the resolution that you want. Um, that it it doesn't fly. It 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 doesn't. And in this film, it felt especially unnecessary to just like it. It really was kind of a stalemate. I did not like it. Um, and you know, it's the uh, there again. And I will come back to this regularly. Uh, actually, no. First, I was gonna say, I understand if you just heard that whole rant that I made, you might. You might think, like, didn't you say you liked Batman a lot? <laughs> and isn't that Batman's whole thing? Like, he's not going to kill the bad guy. He's just going to put him in cuffs and lead him to the least secure prison in all of history, Arkham Asylum. And, uh, you know, I just got to take that on the chin because you're absolutely right. But I will say my favorite stories of Batman are the ones where he really struggles or even fails to respect his own desire for saving lives instead of ending lives. You know, when you've got a person, and I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into anything that affects like reality and how I really feel about like capital punishment or whatever you want to call it. That's not what this is about. But in a fictional superhero world, in a vigilante world, 
This is a fictional city. Gotham City's not real, right? But you have this larger-than-life antagonist, and they're built up, and they spend the whole movie being just super evil and terrible. And, you know, I, I appreciate when those characters actually get what's coming to them in the end. I appreciate when, you know, they're, they're absolutely hell-bent on evil and destruction, and they just absolutely get rocked in the end. They're dead. They're killed. They're destroyed. Whatever you want to call it. You know? I appreciate that. The good guy wins in the end. He destroys the bad guy. Justice is served. End of movie. I like that a lot. I appreciate films that do that. I can I loved The Sopranos and I loved The Wire. So I understand the idea of the anti-hero and the complexities that lie therein of having a person who's not good, but kind of bad, but you still kind of root for him and somewhere there's a good heart underneath. And the reason why they're doing bad things is because they're really trying to be good in a weird way and it's misunderstood and da-da-da-da-da. I get all of that, and I can appreciate it often. But I think that those two kinds of stories can exist in the same real universe that we live in today. I appreciate movies that do that, and I also appreciate movies where it's like, nope, it's an irredeemably evil bad guy, and he's hell-bent on destruction, and the only way that this will be resolved at all is for that guy to take a bullet to the brain or a laser beam, a lightsaber, whatever you call it. He is ended, and that is the only way to stop the bad guy and the, the terror from happening. I'm okay with those movies, too. In fact, I actually really like them. So uh, you can go either way. Um, this movie, you know, this movie very much fell uh, in the former where it's like you're kind of, I guess you're supposed to be compassionate for the guy in the end, although they did not do a good job of painting that aspect of him either. And so, you know, I wanted there to be justice and there wasn't justice. And when there's not justice at the end of a movie like this, where there's war happening, and it's like a one-sided war, uh, unprovoked attacks, then, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't like it. It's frustrating for, for me to have given that long of my life to that film. It was a little disappointing that I didn't get that in the end of it. So that is definitely something bad. Um, that, I mean, that's mostly it. The only other aspect of it that I thought was bad was just the fact that it was such a regurgitated plot. It was like, what if we leave it on the same planet and we leave it with the same people, but we move it to a different spot on the planet where there's a different set of creatures that they can learn from, but it's still mostly Navi, you know? So it's kind of the same, but just kind of different. And people are going to love it, except that, oh yeah, the story is also exactly the same. You know, and that just felt, eh, didn't like that. That that was also bad. Okay, enough of that. How would we make it better? Well, there's a few things. There, is, there, are, there are a few ways we could improve this. And I'm going to sound like a broken record because one of the biggest would be, you know, um, 
make it uh make it make the ending better <laughs> that's all like if you have to cuz really here's here's the thing what they did with the first of all the antagonist was literally the same from the first movie and right away you might be thinking no no i remember at the end of the first movie the bad guy took some giant navi arrows to the chest and he died yes but they happened to retcon this idea uh, that before they let before he left the ship he downloaded his entire brain onto a memory card and then they just lab they they grew in a lab their own avatar creature or their own navi creature and then implanted him with all of the same exact memories and emotions and brain from the guy from the first movie the sergeant whatever his name is i don't remember so so it really was literally the same guy from the first movie just this time he's navi but everything else about him is exactly the same that felt cheap and unnecessary uh and so yeah make the villain better first of all and you know you could tell some kind of different aspect of a story like sorry i lost my train of thought earlier i was going to say like you can either have an irredeemably evil character or you can have a very compassionate you know antagonist that you really get to see their empathy and how they really are and it's very very misguided but you also like have a certain degree of sympathy or empathy for their their character in the context that they came up in that kind of made them how they are you could do one of those two things but what this movie tried to do was kind of both it kind of tried to like give a couple of scenes where this guy shows a little bit more humanity um and and what he's doing but it was like maybe once or twice really briefly um so it didn't accomplish the purpose of making me empathetic for him, but it was just enough to make, to take him out of the just like sort of bland uh, one dimensional character the whole time either, where I want him to be irredeemably evil so that I don't feel bad when he gets exploded in the end or something. You know what I mean? So they, they kind of, they tried to somehow bridge those two worlds and it was very unsuccessful. Um, so, and, uh, besides that, I mean, the story was pretty good. I would just maybe, you know, give us some real justice at the end and don't make it so glaringly obvious that you're just kind of teeing up the next movie. Uh, that's the, that's the biggest thing. The biggest way to make this thing better is to not make it such a blatant, cash grab like oh we're just gonna wait several years release another one of these and this time it'll be in volcanoes and but everything else will be exactly the same the humans uh who are now basically sort of reanimated navi and they're led by this one drill sergeant guy who's been in both movies as the antagonist so far now he's leading people to uh the volcano lands the mountains because that's where they went and hid in and now there's a different navi people who are rock people like you know gorons from zelda or something and then they're gonna have to you know do you're gonna have to earn the favor of that tribe leader and then and then the humans are gonna attack that too and then they're gonna have to fight them and like it just don't make it so obvious don't make it so obvious that that's what you're trying to do so i don't know that's 
that's mostly how I would make it better. Uh, make the plot more interesting. Give me some real justice at the end. Uh, it's late and my brain is fried, so I hope all of these ramblings are making some kind of sense. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts, though. So, uh, you know, give me a call. 352-340-3038. 352-340-3038. You can call and leave me a message. What you thought of the new Avatar film. And or are you even excited about their making a third one? And how many years? You know, if I told you... Uh, the next Avatar movie is going to be 10 years from now. Would you take the over or under on that? Genuine question. Please, uh, when you call, let me know. And or you can also find uh, all the stuff for the show. Just go to goodbadbetter.show and that'll link you to the Instagram and to the Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, And you can find me on Instagram at thedrewallen. That's just, I find me personally there. So feel free to give me a follow there if you'd like. Although uh, the podcast mostly exists at the podcast Instagram, which is uh, at Good Bad Better Show. Um, but regardless, uh, thank you for joining me as I talk through this film. I love getting to talk about this kind of stuff. And I, I hope that I can start to do it a little earlier in the night where my brain is a little clearer, a little sharper, um, so that I'm not, <laughs> not having to just think about what was I in the middle of trying to say? we'll get there Uh, but anyways I'd love to hear your thoughts I look forward to recording more Uh, I actually just watched the movie 65 and I have thoughts about that I also caught up uh, I started Ted Lasso and I have some thoughts about that I started uh, I I got watched this week's episode of The Mandalorian Season 3 so I need to get those thoughts down so there's a lot of podcast stuff coming up I'm very excited to be talking through all the stuff with you so Anyways, uh, thanks for listening again, and I will see you in the next one. Peace. Mm